There's a terrible monster on the loose in Miles County. A vicious killer known only as Art the Clown is on a killing spree, and three young women are his latest intended victims. Trapped in a derelict apartment building, Tara, Dawn, and Vicky have no idea the kind of horror they've walked into in the micro-budget 2016 indie slasher Terrifier. I'm Connor Izagari. And I'm Josh Allred. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Guess what? Josh is back. Welcome back, bud. It's been a minute. Ah, you can't keep me away for too long, can you? <laughs> ah, glad you could be here to talk Terrifier with me. Feel like it's been a fucking long time since we've recorded. This is this is gonna be a blast. At least seven months. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. Well, actually, in four years, I'll have another one of these fucking overseas journeys. But until then, we record. <laughs> yeah, we can get a lot done in four years. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh. So before we get into Terrifier, I've got three updates on the Rewind. First up, an update on our recent episode on Friday the 13th. Peacock has greenlit a prequel series titled Crystal Lake from Hannibal showrunner Brian Fuller. The show will also be produced by A24. Original film screenwriter Victor Miller will executive produce. And this is the first Friday the 13th related content we've gotten in a very long time. So fans are very excited about this. And, uh... Yeah. What do you think about Crystal Lake? So I'm really excited. Uh, at first I was like, holy shit. And then I was like, wait a minute. And then some more news came out and I was like, holy shit. And then all of it got clarified and I was like, holy shit. So my takeaway from all of this is holy shit. Um, at first there was a lot of moans and groans. It was like, uh, A24, it's going to be woke. And Jason's going to be a girl. Blah, 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 blah. You know what? Who gives a shit? I'm ready for this. Let's go. And if they decide to make Jason a girl or do something queer with it, who gives a fuck? Like, stop being so precious with everything. I didn't like Halloween ends. Yes, I am on record as saying that. And I stand by it. It just, it just didn't tickle my fancy. However... It was ambitious. It tried to go in a new direction. It tried to do something. It was like a Halloween movie that had a little bit of Christine in it and some fucking uh, goddamn rebel without a cause attitude about it. Like it just it just wasn't for me. And I've got my gripes about it. This isn't the place to do that. Um, what we're getting is we're getting a show first and foremost showrunner. Brian Fuller, the guy behind Hannibal, and I'm okay with that. I am very, very excited to see what he can do with this. I know that he is going to really get into the nuts and bolts of this thing. He's going to come at it from a place of appreciation, and he's he's actually has a personal stake in this. There is a, a little bit of a personal story he shared with Scott Wampler of the King cast um, in an article that was published on Fangoria today. And he talks a little bit about his personal interest in this and stuff like that. And so this article really gave me a lot more insight into what they're going to do with this. Um, because at first, 
people were just like, oh, it's just Victor Miller. They're not going to have adult Jason. I'm not going to watch this. It's going to be stupid. It's just going to be about Pamela. And Jason's dad is abusive. Just jumping, jumping down people's necks about nothing. Just an announcement. Here we go. Here we go, you numerologists. If that's even the right people, I don't remember. It's 13 years since the last Friday the 13th. Okay? <laughs> On Halloween 13, one, three, they made the announcement that they were going back to this. So get it, just get excited. Get excited. Allow a little flutter in your loins for a new Friday the 13th shit. And so what if it's a little weird or it's different? Just fucking go for it. So, yes, my first takeaway was I'm not sure because they're only going to have access to so much material. And I had to look at who one of the uh, producers was in there is a guy named uh, Rob Barsamian. And he is Horror Inc. He is like the person in Horror Inc. That was involved in the suit with Sean Cunningham against Victor Miller. And it came out a few hours later from, of all people, our trusted favorite entertainment lawyer, Larry Zerner, a.k.a. Shelley. He cleared everything up. He said that because it is Victor Miller and Horror Inc. together, everything is available they can go anywhere they have access to everything they have pre you know friday the 13th material to, to mine they also have everything with adult jason and including the thing that everybody wants to see is jason in a hockey mask again like if you don't get hard at that news you're dead inside sorry that's just how i feel about it and you have to be excited about this you have to be excited about this so now that you know this, how are you feeling about it now? I have missed you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm excited. I, you know, I, I've, I've gone on record saying that the Friday the 13th franchise is not exactly my favorite. I've found them kind of repetitive. I think that there's only a handful of good ones. But I'm happy that y'all have this, that y'all have something to look forward to again with Jason. And I'm, you know, I'm intrigued. I really liked Hannibal. I, I like Brian Fuller's style, and I, I'm going to give this a chance. Yeah, I mean, why not? Because this last year alone has been a huge year for horror movies. And if you don't get excited about this, and it's also really an avenue that this franchise has never even explored. Only in in name only was it ever a series and that was the anthology series friday the 13th um a lot of people didn't like it i was a, probably a little too young to watch it at the time and i didn't get it i just remembered it being about different spooky things in a antique shop and i was like oh, where's jason mm. and i actually want to get it get the series again and rewatch it just so i can kind of understand it a little bit and that was where my mind first went when I heard this news, I was like, okay, series Friday the 13th, what? And it's all about the lake. So I was like, what if they do an anthology? I was like, why not do that? You can still have, pun intended, Jason and the lake be anchors for this series. But you can also have a chance to explore the area, the people, the history. Like there's so much, there's so much room to play in that. Why not? Why not take that route? 
Who knows if they'll go there? I don't know. Nobody knows except for Brian Fuller. And according to him, he has at least one guaranteed and there's a penalty from uh, Peacock and NBC if they don't get a second season. So there's at least two. And he said he's got at least three seasons mapped out of the show and, and an idea of what he would want to do for at least three seasons. And I also have a quote from him saying that uh, he can use everything. We can go to hell. We can go to space. That's not to say that we will do those things. Although if we do go 10 seasons, I will be lobbying hard to go to space. So (laughs) just hearing his enthusiasm he loves this series of movies and he will absolutely give it his all for this. And I am so behind that. So bring it on. And all you little fuckers out there who have a little stick in your ass about this, like just, just don't watch it. Just don't watch it. Don't do that. Don't give yourself the satisfaction. Me, I'm going to be enjoying it and I will enjoy it. I'm sure for one reason or another, because you're getting more Friday the 13th. And the first reaction I had to this was this is Victor Miller throwing the gauntlet down at Sean Cunningham and being like, your move, bitch. If this doesn't spur him to talk to Victor Miller about getting a movie out, I don't know that anything will. But I think this is going to get a movie to come out of this. Mark my words, quote me. Let's see, but I think this will end up leading towards those two coming together to get a movie out. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, We've been seeing a lot of, you know, renewed interest in the classics. You know, we had a new Texas Chainsaw movie this past year. Chucky's on its, what, second season? Yep. Uh, Yeah, we're just kind of, you know, Halloween ends, obviously. We're just kind of waiting for Freddie and Jason to get back in the swimming pool here. And Jason's here. So, yeah, I think... You know, people people love to bitch. They, it's become a, a pastime in this country to just bitch. No matter what it is, whether it's you know fucking Star Wars, Marvel, Friday the Thirteenth, anything. People love to complain and they love to be loud about it. So, I just I tune that out now and I just focus on the positives of like, this sounds cool. This sounds neat. People have been waiting for something like this. They've been waiting for any kind of positive news on the Friday the Thirteenth side of things. So why not just you know. Wait to see what happens. Yeah. And in the meantime, go check out Hannibal to see what happens when you got a guy who is a really good writer, who's very enthusiastic about the material, very knowledgeable of the material, and see what he does with that. And like I said, if that doesn't tickle your pants, I don't know what will. I never finished Hannibal. I I got halfway through the third season and I got caught up with other stuff. And then by the time I went back, I forgot who everybody was. Yeah, see, I started it and then I got sidetracked. But now, because this is happening, I'm I'm gonna be a little more devoted in actually going through and watching this because I remember some of the like the murder uh, set pieces and that kind of stuff. Like it was so amazing, just what this guy put on the page and then what they actually made. I was just I was awestruck and I was just like, holy fuck, this was on it was on NBC or some shit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was NBC. Or, yeah, yeah. So like, you got that on TV. Think about that. And it's going to go on a streamer that they're probably going to have a little bit more leeway on short of being on somewhere like HBO Max or something where they could probably go just fucking balls out. But I think this is going to be I think this is going to be good. Yeah. I mean, it's Peacock, you know, Chucky's on Peacock. Like 
they get to go hard on Peacock. So I think I doubt that uh, Fuller is going to, you know, PG 13, this thing, this is going to be as hard as he can go. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So that's cool. I'm sure we'll be talking more about this as more news comes up, you know, over the next year or so. But for now, let's shift our focus to an update on our episodes on Saw and Saw 2. The upcoming 10th Saw film set for release in 2023, which you have now pointed out to me, Socks. Saw 10 Socks. So if I ruin that for anybody, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, I, I will. I will not claim credit, though. The clever person who did that was Michael Kennedy, the screenwriter for Freaky. I followed on Twitter. And he quoted, uh, he quote tweeted the the poster for it, and he just all caps it said socks, and I was like, fuck, I can't unsee this now, so I'm gonna keep calling it that. So I'm glad I can share that. If anybody's listening to this and they're cursing us for it, sorry, you got to live with it now. I love this. We're in the we're in the best age of horror titles. You know, earlier this year we had Five Cream, and now we've got socks. Loving it. Uh, even better, Tobin Bell's coming back. To play John Kramer once again, the infamous Jigsaw Killer. Uh, no word yet on how Kramer will be returning, though the smart money is on flashbacks because I, I don't think they'll ever pull the he faked his death thing because that's never going to fly. <laughs> God, I hope not. God, I hope not. But then I'm also like, if it's just going to be flashbacks, like, are you really sure you want to do that? And it's like, how far back can you go back and then try to rewrite things that happened or try and fit this thing in there, fit the pieces in the puzzle. Uh, uh. Well, the Saw franchise is no stranger to retcon. So I, I, I they're not going to worry about that shit. I mean, you know, how many apprentices can Jigsaw have before it gets insane? I think he's what at five now. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, don't know. They'll do, they'll do something creative. Um, I liked spiral. I thought it was a neat, neat way to go. Uh, I haven't, I've really, I haven't, I've enjoyed every single one of the Saw films. I love that franchise. Uh, even the even the 3D one that everyone hates. I, I like that one. I mean, I was I was glad that it kind of became its own thing. And I remember seeing the first one when it came out and was really blown away by it. You know, a, a movie that was made for nothing kind of like the one we're talking about now, even though that this, the one we're talking going to talk about was made for way less money. Um, it still was able to blow people away and by word of mouth generate this amazing response at theaters. So if they can find a way to kind of go back to the drawing board and make this better, go for it. Why not? I'm not going to be mad about another horror movie coming out in the theater. So, yeah, I'm every time I hear that Charlie Clouser score, I get goosebumps and I'm just happy. So I'm excited to hear that again. Uh, I was reading something. Somebody pointed out somewhere like the insane budget some movies spend on, you know, de-aging technology and whatnot. And then they just showed a, a picture from Saw Saw 7 where it was Tobin Bell with like a reverse baseball cap. And that's how they told us he was younger. It was just do that. Just put Tobin Bell in a baseball cap and tell everybody he's like 35. Yeah. We'll buy it. <laughs> Cause only people under 35 wear their hats backwards. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. So can't wait for socks. Uh, 
finally, technically an update on The Shining, but I'm reaching because I just really wanted to talk about this. Shelley Duvall is returning to the big screen in her first film in 20 years. The upcoming horror film The Forest Hills will star Duvall as well as Edward Furlong, Chico Mendez, and Dee Wallace. Duvall will play the role of a mentally and emotionally disturbed mother, which I don't think will be much of a stretch. The film is currently in production. So Shelley Duvall is returning to the screen. Uh, what do we think about this? Uh, so I saw that announcement and I immediately thought to myself, is she capable of doing this? And I, and I don't mean that in a way to say that she, she's past it. She shouldn't be in movies or anything like that. Everything I know about her and what's happened to her in the years since The Shining and then everything like Caleb uh, refers to kind of refers to her like a ghost of like Blanco, like just, you know, everybody's got a story about her. And I just don't want the people that are making this movie to do it and then kind of exploiting her, which would be the worst thing that they could do. Um, it's interesting as well that Dee Wallace is among the cast. I'm. I don't think she would do something that would see her exploit somebody. Um, I've, I had the, I had the privilege of meeting her at a horror convention one year and I saw her um, just like interacting with people. And she just, she just never gave that vibe that she was a, a mean spirited person or that she would do something that she doesn't believe in and wouldn't, you know, participate in something that would exploit somebody with a history like Shelley Duvall. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I feel like it wouldn't have gotten to, to this point if, you know, somebody was taking advantage of Shelley Duvall. I'm sure, you know, somebody would have prevented that at this point before it was announced, especially in, you know, today's climate where we're really cracking down on, you know, abuse and exploitation. So maybe this is, maybe you know, maybe this is a, I won't say a comeback, but an epilogue for Shelley Duvall. Yeah, I think... Everything that's happened to that woman, the things that she's gone through, the life that she's had, I think this would this would be a a, a good way if she never did anything after this. It, it would be at least a way for her to kind of do this on her own terms if that's how this is going. If this is how it came about, and I would love I would love for that to happen. Yeah, I'm gonna monitor this because I want to see if this and if this ends up happening or if she drops out or if. It is revealed that she was coerced or something. I want to see what happens with this. So, yeah, I'll be monitoring this. We'll probably be talking about this again at some point. Um, all right, that's it for the rewind. So let's get into Terrifier. Uh, so my question for you is this. With two fan-beloved films under his belt now, where do you think Art the Clown ranks among other slasher icons? I think it's still early days to like deliver any kind of final verdict as far as if he's an icon or things like that. Cause that word really gets thrown around too much and it kind of dilutes its, its power for, for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think with how long this character has sat with Damien Leone, the fact that he's had this character in his mind for more than 20 years and from the time terrifier has come out even as a short up until now it's it's endured 
And there is something there. Like this is uh, from hearing Damian Leone himself talk about it. This is something that he's always felt like had the potential to be something. It had the potential to just explode and be like this out of control thing. And I think we're seeing that with Terrifier was one of these things that when it came out, it it just kind of got dumped. Nobody knew about it. And then it just became this thing that, you know, holy shit, have you seen this? You know, and for me, that is one of the benchmarks for a cult movie, even though I, I, I don't like using that word for everything. So it, it, it definitely has that criteria where it's something that you had to know about it from somebody else. And they learned it from, you know, like that just whole chain of holy shit, dude, you have to see this. And I think what we're seeing now and the fact that the fact that this movie is making close to eight million dollars at the theaters. I think this has definitely this has definitely put uh, Art the Clown in in film history for sure, just by virtue of it blowing away everybody's expectations and becoming a, a, a more kind of like a modern day like Grindhouse movie excuse me in that there are reports of people fainting and vomiting and and all that stuff in terrifier too and i'm just like it's amazing to hear about that kind of thing with this movie it was is a little bit different because again it's just like you're you're watching this thing and you're like how am i the only person that knows about this right now i have to tell people about it so i think when a movie and a character can get inside your head like that and you have no choice but to like make other people watch it. I think that's a good sign. I think I think art is definitely on his way for sure. Yeah. There's something about the character, something about the movie, like you just feel like you're watching something that's going to explode. Like the, the character is so unique. You know, I've never seen Killer Mime before. And that just worked. Like you know, he's not, it's, it's, it doesn't, it feels original and it feels new and freaky and fresh. And I like that. I mean, this dude, <laughs> the, the depraved shit he gets up to in these two movies. Like, I, I feel like Leatherface would like gag and run out of the room. <laughs> it's, it's fucking crazy. Uh, and that weird, like possibly supernatural thing he's got going on. That's not quite, you know, it, it might not be, or it might be, it's, it's kind of up to you. That's very interesting. I feel like there will be a Funko Pop of this guy by the end of the year. Oh, yeah. And yeah. why they haven't gotten one already, I'll I don't know. Um I think it's I think it's certainly cuz the way that it's kind of like the way that you know that you've made it in pop culture is if there is something that is totally contradictory to like what you've made cuz it's you know, n- nobody's expecting a Funko Pop of art, you know, but if it, if there was one, I know at least one person in this apartment would have it. So <laughs> I grab one. Yeah. To me, that's like, OK, now you've now you're somebody like you, when you've created something that is, you know, becomes a toy. You're you're in. Congratulations. And oh. Definitely. The weird success that Terrifier 2 has had, you know, standing up against like a, you know, a DC movie and 
just Halloween and like making its own money up against those like big franchise tent poles. That's fucking impressive. So, oh, yeah, dude, it's first weekend out. It knocked Top Gun Maverick out of the top 10. I <laughs> laughed my ass off. I was like, suck it, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. All right. So how did Terrifier happen? How did this super micro budget movie come out of nowhere and just build its own audience kind of on its own? Well, Terrifier was the brainchild of writer-director Damien Leone, whose character Art the Clown first appeared in the 2008 short film The Ninth Circle. Have you seen these short films? Uh, No. So I've only seen uh, All Hallows' Eve. And I really want to check this short out. I mean, I'm sure it's it's out there. So just got to find Damian Leone's uh, YouTube channel and I'm sure it'll be there. I, I definitely want to see it because I heard him talk about the road from that all the way through to where he is now with Terrifier 2 and like all the shit that he has, he has done. And the his story to making this movie is like just as persistent as Art the Clown is in destroying people like it's just it's amazing so yeah like i haven't seen it i definitely want to see it uh so once i do i'll definitely share my thoughts about that sweet so it was the ninth circle of 2008 and then art showed up in the 2011 short film called terrifier which became the basis for this movie both of these shorts were incorporated into the 2013 anthology film all hollows eve leone's directorial debut so Art's just been his, you know, his weird lantern in the tunnel of Hollywood. <laughs> He's been just trying to make art a thing. And he finally was able to do that in 2015 when Leone launched a crowdfund campaign on Indiegogo to finance a feature length version of Terrifier. And through this, he was able to scare up a budget of about 50 grand. And with that 50 grand, he made Terrifier which is amazing because like you can feel a micro budget in the movie, but not once does it hurt the film. This guy knows how to manage his fucking money. And like, he knows where to put everything. He knows, you know what he can do with special effects and a micro budget. I was very impressed with that. Yeah. And to his credit, he, he did a lot of things on his own and that allowed him to use more of the money for the production towards making the movie. And with having a background in special effects, knowing how to shoot them, how to do everything with framing and all of that, it just, and to do everything wisely with your resources, it, it only worked in his favor with this movie. And what he pulled off in this movie was nothing short of amazing. Um, uh, one of my, uh, one of my little comments was a man, a lantern. And it's an idea I've had and I wrote in a, in a story before um, it was, it was, it was done a different way, but like he did it. And then I'm, I'm almost certain David Gordon Greed borrowed it for his 2018 Halloween movie. I'm going to go ahead and say that um, and uh, give all the credit to Damian Leone because I mean, it takes place on Halloween night. So why wouldn't you do that? And it shows art has a sense of humor. <laughs> Yeah, there's moments of art that are just downright hilarious. Just I love the way he fucks with people, you know. And he's the only two di- like that I've seen horror character to literally like smear shit on the bathroom wall of a pizza place and get thrown out. Never seen that before. Didn't need to see that. But- and 
take yeah. ownership. He signed that shit. <laughs> Literally. Yep. Did it again in part two. Like that. I don't, I don't need that, but it's an interesting facet to his character. You don't see Jason taking a shit in the lake. Like that doesn't happen, but art will proudly. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so with terrifier art was recast with uh, David Howard Thornton, who gave an audition in, he had a background in mime. So he did an audition of miming, killing somebody and then tasting their blood and then miming like sprinkling salt on the blood because it didn't taste that great. And that's what won him the, the role. He was the sixth person to audition. And Leona's like, that's my art. <laughs> yeah, he, he turned and looked at the other people and was like, so we're done casting, right? And because he had seen physically, he had always imagined art to be tall and lanky. And David Howard Thornton is absolutely that. It was just everything about what he did. It was like, this is it. And he'd actually had a friend of his do Art the Clown first in the short for Terrifier. And his buddy just, he, he didn't think he was going to be up for it um, in order to do it and give it the, the justice that he needed. So he basically went, started from scratch and restarted how he was going to go about with art. And when David Howard Thornton walked in, did that, he was like, I got him. This is my guy. And credit to David Howard Thornton. He was really, really good in, um, in Terrifier and was able to find something more, which I don't know how you could. He did it. Terrifier 2, he's even better. Yeah, he really is. I had in the IMDb trivia a different reason for the first guy backing out. Uh, I wonder if there's any truth to that. Uh, but we'll get to that when we get to the film gas and facts. Uh, I hope it's not true because it's a shitty reason. <laughs> so Thornton would play art again in Terrifier 2. Uh, Terrifier premiered at the Telluride Horror Show Film Festival in 2016. It was later picked up for a limited, very very limited 2018 release got dumped on blu-ray and dvd short out shortly after that and just kind of picked up steam from word of mouth and people being like this is crazy have you seen this which is always really cool to see a movie just kind of build on its own uh, terrifier has an imdb score of 5.6 which is kind of rude frankly and a rotten tomato score of 56 percent which is also kind of rude. There's no critics consensus. It was only reviewed by 18 critics. People were just like, critics were just like, I'm not going to bother with this. Well, I think what that shows again is, I mean, for me, this is, this is a party movie. This is something you put on. You don't have to really pay attention to what's going on because in, in, in a weird way, I use this as a description to a friend of mine when I was talking about it. Um, it kind of has a Fulci-esque kind of setup in that the 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 main points in this movie, the high points, are all about the kills. It's all about the gore. It's all about the violence. And the narrative is really loose and is just there to serve as a thread to tie all of that stuff together. That's really, at least for me, what this movie is about. And when I first watched it, I was actually a little, I was a little confused as to like how it started and what that had to do with the main body of the movie. And then at the end, and it was just like, it's a little disorienting and it kind of threw me off for, for a minute. And then when I watched it again, the other day, I was like, okay, now I get it. I was listening a little bit to the, some of the dialogue and 
how that was piecing things together. And then to me, it made the whole beginning like pointless. I didn't need it. You could have started that movie with art gearing up and that whole sequence. And I would have been fine with that. I've been fine with it. You could have done the thing at the end with the with the interview part of it and done that at the end. And I think that would have been a good way to like sting the ending. But potato, tomato. We got what we got. Yeah, I think Leona just he wanted one last gotcha. And yeah, I kind of once, you know, art started eating the girl's face. I had a moment of like, oh, okay, so that's what that was. Like you figure it out. But I didn't really didn't hurt the movie for me. I didn't I was I was surprisingly into this. Like this is not usually my kind of thing. Like there's not a really, there's a very thin narrative. It's just shit happening, but I can't like arts just, you know, intoxicating. You want to, you want to see what happens next with this guy. You're evolving. <laughs> yes. Growth. I had this conversation <laughs> with Caleb recently. Growth. <laughs> You're becoming a much more savvy movie watcher. I, I am, you know, I am. I, You're welcome. <laughs> No, I do owe it to this show. Like it's it's introduced me to a lot of wacky shit I might never have watched on my own and forced me to, you know, watch it with the intention intention of talking about it. So, you know, paying attention. And I've found a lot of strange things that I wouldn't have normally put into my repertoire. So yeah, this is Terrifiers among them. Uh so Terrifier since become an indie classic with a crowdfunded sequel finally released just a few weeks ago. If you want to watch the first film, it's streaming free on a number of services, including Tubi, Vudu, and the Roku channel. I watched it on Tubi. It's like two or three ads. Doesn't matter. Uh, I'm waiting for two to come out so I can get some kind of like deluxe Blu-ray double feature shit because I would like to own these. So fun fact, the original uh, distributor of terrifiers like epic pictures they still have copies of terrifier on blu-ray i bought one recently for 20 bucks and best buy is also apparently doing an exclusive 4k of terrifier 2 so you can have both of them very soon i am continuously surprised that that store is still alive i i don't get it i don't i still don't know why they're still selling movies but whatever i get you know i guess if you need a fridge you can go there. I, I they have like one aisle of movies left, so I, I don't think like that's not what's keeping them alive. It's weird. It's it's got to be on life support at this point. Yeah, but you know, I go there from time to time, hoping to find something. I found like you know the 4K Arrow of RoboCop there. So, so you know, occasionally you get you get a gem. Weird. Uh, so let's discuss Terrifier. Uh, we open with this, you know, weird. Uh, interview between Monica Brown, I believe her name was, and yes. a lady who got her face eaten off by a psychopath. And the makeup is pretty fucking effective. <laughs> so jarring. So jarring. Like at first they try to hide her face and then it comes out and you're just like, holy shit. What the fuck happened to you? I want to see this. So it's- yeah, I mean, in 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 a way to kind of hook you into watching it, that's that's a that's a an effective way to open it especially what comes afterwards like after the interview's over and like all of that business that was definitely effective for me if i was to edit this movie and put it together i probably wouldn't have done it that way but again like i said small 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 gripes yeah 
Yeah, I got you. For me, like, it wasn't the eyes so much as it was the lips were gone. Like, that freaked me out more than, like, you know, just, like, a permanent overbite because you've got nothing to hide it. That was weird. That was freaky. Like, this, the gap there was that. I don't know why that freaked me out so much, but I was like, oh, God. Uh, And then Monica starts bitching about the, like, faceless lady she had to talk about, which is great. You know, what what a great person. And Victoria, or we don't know yet, but the faceless lady is just waiting in the background to fuck Monica up and starts eating her face. And then we go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So again, this was this was where it confused me because I I I think because I was getting really sucked into like what I was seeing at first with her face. I was like, what the fuck? I didn't catch that the interview is happening a year after the events of where the where the actual movie starts. So yeah. we go back a year to the actual Miles County Massacre night, and it it, it I was. That's when I was like, do we need to do it like this? Can't we just, you know, just do it? Mm." But whatever. This is what we got. I'm on board with it. I'm tracking. No confusion anymore. So, yeah, that that sequence where you get Art, like, arming up and making his weapons and throwing into his little bag of tricks, that was great. And you're, and, like, every, uh, what is it, the, uh, oh, God. To fucking is it Chekhov's gun or some shit? The whole thing where you're yeah. like Chekhov's yeah. guns, yeah, yeah. So you know you're you're seeing some of these fun things, and there's a couple of toys that get used later on. You're just like, how the fuck is this going to come through? Because if you're a savvy film watcher, you know that nothing is wasted, and especially when you only have fifty grand, everything you're shooting, you're going to use. So yeah, art's gearing up. He's See, and and this was something that was different in Terrifier too. In in Terrifier, when he's when he's uh, getting ready, he's also putting on makeup. But in Terrifier two, he doesn't have makeup. Hmm. I wonder. You'll see that. But like, it's because like you, he like it doesn't look like he was wearing his hood and his face didn't look like it was painted on. It looked like it was just there. So that's like something else that I was like. Is he just turning into a real clown or a real a dude? Clown? Like a demon clown? <laughs> <laughs> like all clowns are just born that way. No. Right? Right? <laughs> so, yeah, Art's getting ready. He's getting pretty. Oh, lipstick, you know what I'm saying? Getting ready to go out and meet some girls. And yeah, then we get uh, we get Tara and uh, Dawn. Uh, Dawn being played by Catherine Corcoran, who was in one of my more favorite recent trauma movies, the Return to Newcomb High movies. Um, so seeing those that movie, because I saw part one before, in between seeing uh, part two, I'd seen Terrifier, and I was like, oh shit, I know who that is. So it was nice to see a little trauma alum, New York actress getting in there and stuff like that. So it was really cool to see a nice familiar face. She reminded me so much of someone I went to high school with, this character. And not going to lie, kind of cathartic watching her get sawn in half. <laughs> you you know who you are if you're listening to this, but I highly fucking doubt it. Um, that was probably the most like gnarly, freaky uh, horror kill I've seen in a very long time. God damn. Uh, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, boy. Um 
I did think it was interesting that like, if you're looking at the, when you, when I, when you watch this for the first time, you're thinking it's, you know, a linear narrative. So you think, Oh, the lady got her face eaten on TV and then this happened. So when they're talking about the massacre that happened a year ago, I thought it was kind of neat that we're like picking up on a killer who's already caused a lot of, a lot of horrible shit. And we're not going to get to see that massacre. We're just told that it happened. I didn't realize till the movie was over. Like, Oh, this is that massacre. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a, why at first I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? But I was already kind of on board. Like, okay, so th- they know he. this is a psycho. They know he's out there. And that's established. But no, this is Art's first day. <laughs> and that's either way. I, I thought it worked either way. I mean, maybe it's his first night. We don't know. We just know this is one that was memorable. That's true. Yep, that's true. That's true. Uh <laughs> So the whole scene at the pizza place where Tara and Don are just having some pizza and chilling because they're fucked up and they can't drive. And Art just walks in there and sits down and stares. <laughs> that was very cheap and very effective. Oh, man. Like, after, after like, he sees, like, they see him out on the street and Tara's just like, oh, this guy's fucking creepy. Like, she knows. She gets it. She does not like the way that guy looks. No, no, no. And then, of course, they go to the pizza shop who shows up. The fucking creepy dude with the bag. And <laughs> the first time he looks at them and he just has this look of, like, just contempt and disgust on his face. And he's just like. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking staring off into space, man. Just is he looking at them or is he looking through them? We don't know. And Dawn tries to fucking fuck with him and mess with him. And it just she really just got on a shit list, basically, when 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 she did that for sure. Um <laughs> I kind of like the way that Damian Leone was kind of setting them up too with like with uh with uh, uh, Don basically saying, you're like, what? He's not a fucking killer. He's not going to kill me. He's not a psychopath. Uh. And then uh, the guy dropping the slices off and he's trying to take Art's order. And he's like, it's like if you, if you don't order something, you got to leave, bud. And they're like, don't worry. I'll take care of him. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going to take care of him. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. When he goes to the bathroom and does what he does and then, like, gets chucked out. I love the other guys. Like, you're not paying me enough for this shit. Oh, yeah, I let the guy who handles the food clean this shit. That's great. It's very sanitary. <laughs> did you did you catch what it said on his shirt? What did it say? I, I probably says, did this time. It says, when life hands you tomatoes, eat pizza. <laughs> that's, that's so fucking corny. I love it. But it's great because that place... Is an actual like Long Island, Long Island. Sorry for my New Yorker friends. I didn't mean to uh, sully the name of your place. Um, as an actual uh, pizza shop, and I, I'm I'm not joking. I want one of those shirts. No shit. Just because that is the funniest shit. Life hands you tomatoes. Eat pizza. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, totally awesome. Um. Art going into the bathroom to leave his Picasso, if you will, was 
just fucking great. Just fucking great. He even autographed it. And you got to be really proud of your work if you're going to sign your name. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. He just is an agent of chaos. He, he doesn't care if it's murder or shit. He just wants to fuck people's days up. That's all he wants to do. Uh, and give pretty girls a ring. That's all. Oh, my God, yeah. The quarter, the, like, flourish of the quarter. Yeah. God damn it. Not only that, he took it off the table. It was somebody's tip, and he took it off the table. was like, yep, I'm going to use this one. I'm going to get something sweet for you. <laughs> and he's just doing the whole performance thing, which is like fucking David Howard Thornton shining as a mime. He's just like, ring, see? And you? It's great. It's fucking great. It's, you know... He, he doubles down with that in the second one when he's trick-or-treating. And that's just, you know, just holding the bag out and shaking it. It's like I, I don't yeah. want to talk too much about part two because, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but you know, he's oh, consistent. Yeah. He's consistent. He is delightfully demented. And that's one of the best things I can do to best ways I can describe him. I once read somewhere, I think it was a meme somewhere with some nice guy bullshit or something, but it was uh, the phrase... I don't suffer from insanity. I enjoy every fucking second of it. Yeah. That's Art the Clown. Oh, totally. Totally. Uh, I do have bad news. Bad news. I can't talk tonight. Bad news for you. Uh, That pizza place closed. Well, shit. Andy's Deer Hills Pizzeria closed in October of 2017. Regrettably. Well, damn it. Yeah. I wonder if I have a friend that's a screen printer. I'm going to get him to make me one then. Damn it. I wonder if it had anything to do with clowns smearing shit on the walls of the bathroom. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm telling you guys, it's fake shit. Look, I'll even try some. Look at me. It's chocolate. It's just a Snickers bar. We made a movie here. <laughs> There's no shit in our pizza. <laughs> I'm, now I'm just like, I think this movie killed this place. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm going to send a, a, a hopeful shout out to uh, Damian Leone on Twitter and ask him, did Art the Clown close down Deer Hills Pizza? Was it the Pucasso? I wasn't itching to eat pizza after I watched this. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm the exact opposite, man. I'll fucking sit there and just, arr, 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 arr. Oh, this shit's hilarious. Arr, arr, arr. I don't care. I don't care. Iron stomach, this one. Oh, man. Uh, Pizza Steve becomes a jack-o'-lantern. That was creative. Apparently, that was like the only bit of CGI in this movie. Uh, Because I guess it's cheaper to make a fake head that's a light than real. I suppose. Whatever. It looks great. It does look great. I didn't know it was CGI until I read about it. Uh, So Art, uh, no, Art's not. Tara and Dawn go to their car. Tire slash. Gee, I wonder who that was. And Tara has to pee, so she goes to talk to this guy who's like, I'm fumigating this place, but all right. She uses this nasty-ass bathroom. Art shows up, chases Dawn into the building, captures her, ties her up upside down, strips her, takes that goddamn hacksaw, and saws her in half, vag first. Holy fuck was that. Oh, my God. Oh, man, but there's like a whole lead up to that. Like, he literally sits next to her in the car. And you're like, oh, you're fucked. And then and then cuts. Where did she go? And Tara is in the building because she's trying to piss somewhere. 
for totally forgets where she's going. What is with this movie and terrible bathrooms? Because the second one that Tara goes to piss in, it's a fucking crime scene in there. Like, holy shit, I wouldn't piss in there. Are you kidding me? You don't even have to touch the toilet. I would be afraid, just like her, of a rat coming out to jump and bite my dick off. No thanks. Yeah, nasty bathrooms are scary. There's always nasty bathrooms in horror movies. And somehow she gets lost. But okay, I'm, hey, look, I'm here for it. Let's do this. And of course, what's going to be in in an abandoned, soon-to-be fucking rat-sprayed apartment building, but a crazy cat lady? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Why not? And then, yeah, Art finds her. Art finds Tara. And, oh, man, him digging into her ankle with the scalpel was so cringy so cringy like and i the thing i love about damien leone in this movie is he doesn't hold back like moments where you where more conventional horror movies would like kind of cut away or something he just he's there you know he's watching art just play around in there like making some more damage he just goes for it all about it and yeah he ends up getting terror in a chair and there's something behind a big old tarp. Hmm, I wonder what it could be. Your little jingle of some change, and you're like, me, I was like, oh fuck. Oh fuck, I think I know what's back there. And he's all proud about it too. He just rips that thing off. He's like, voila. See, it's your friend. And in that, in that scene, like this, and this also goes to show you how dedicated uh, Damien Leone was to to making this gag work. Is they like literally like worked out how much time they could have uh, Catherine Corcoran upside down before like you know she would pass out or, or anything like that. So they knew just how far they could go and still operate well within the safety of the person you know, literally giving her body for, for the scene. And he was like, man, she was amazing. Like she was such a trooper for that. And I got to say, if you make movies with Lloyd Kaufman and if there's anything that comes out of it, you, you get some endurance. So um, not to mention being, uh, being comfortable with being nude and things like that, because not for nothing, like she ain't wearing shit when that thing starts. And it is absolutely one of the most brutal things I've seen in a while. And dare I say, it's way more brutal than the splitting that happens in Bone Tomahawk. And if you haven't seen that, then I've... Okay, so you have seen it. Um, And if somebody else hasn't seen it, I'm sorry. I spoiled it for you. Don't tell you when. But yeah, somebody gets split like a wishbone. Just saying. But yeah, this is way more because it doesn't stop. It goes and goes and goes. I was almost I was almost expecting him to go back and finish the job because he didn't get finished. He got interrupted. But it was just holy fuck. Oh, my God. It was just so, so terrifying. (laughs) Well, it's so slow. Like she's she's alive for most of it, which is just. I couldn't believe I was sitting there. I had my mouth wide open. Like nothing else was happening in my life in that moment. I was like, what the fuck is this? I didn't know you could do that. And especially for like 50 grand. I feel like most of the film's budget went into that scene. Probably. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, like I said, at the beginning of this, Leone 
knew exactly how to get the things that he wanted done and how to make the most of it. He knew all the tricks. He knows all of these things. So that only served in his favor to put everything he could into making these gags come off. And man, for me, this is like where the movie peaks because everything else that happens after it, like, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a, of a come down. You're kind of, cause I mean, I don't know how much, how much more you could do to top that. <laughs> I mean, he tries, but like, I, you can't fucking top that shit. If there's anything that's going to stand out from this movie and the thing that's going to be remembered, this movie's going to be remembered for, it's going to be that it is going to absolutely be that. And for good reason, it fucking, it gets you fucking talking. It gets your attention. That's for sure. <laughs> that's, yeah, you're totally right. It's, it's just so uncompromising and unforgiving and a visual that's never going to leave you. I mean, I'm never going to forget watching a woman get hacksawed in half, like alive. Gleefully, by the way, yeah. there is a big shit eating grin on his face when he's doing that. And he's so excited. Like that's something else that is because like, you don't really see that with, a lot of other slashers, you know, like you don't obviously you don't see that from Michael or Jason because they're fucking wearing masks. Freddie, yes, he enjoys a lot of what he does, but there is a lot more fucking fun art is having with the shit that he is doing. And I think because he is a a, a mute character, you are going to get more of a visual reaction from him. And it definitely uh it's he's just so damn happy with what he's doing it's just like it's like he's trying to fucking do a magic trick and he's just like watching your reaction the whole time he's doing it's like yeah this is great huh yeah you like this yeah i'm having fun too oh god <laughs> fuck man yeah that uh, it's oh god uh so after that i've i don't think i've ever seen a slasher character just pull out a gun. <laughs> like I was trying to think like, has that ever? No, I couldn't think of any other example of just a slasher pull out a fucking gun and just shooting someone. Well, there is uh, in nightmare four, I believe uh, Freddie uh, is killing a dude who's a comic book illustrator. And he like, I think he has, but the guy has some guns and I think Freddie has guns at one point, but like, it's never like, it's never an you know a, a, a convention of what he does you know yeah because with Freddie everything's fucking everything's up for grabs but with Art he just got a bag of tricks and you don't know what's going on with this guy um, and that was actually something that somebody uh, had made a complaint about at one point and uh, Leone had seen him say something about it you know he's like so what like I don't care I mean. This guy's a fucking clown. He's got a bag full of shit. Like, who's to say there isn't a gun in there? And <clears throat> why wouldn't he use one? I mean, is it a cheat? No, I don't think so at all. I think it's, for me, I think it's just like, why not? What What else does he have in that bag? And why wouldn't he have a gun? You know, he's all about killing some people slowly. Like, why wouldn't he have a way to maim them? I'm just saying. Well, I saw it as... He's unpredictable, he's zany, and he's fucking wild, so anything goes. Yeah. And also, like, who's going to complain? Like, boo! This is not a slasher anymore. He has a gun. What are you doing? Why are you wasting my time? Like, who the fuck's going to... 
are people's lives so goddamn empty? <laughs> Some people are just purists. They have to have everything fit in this neat little box. And Ugh. if it doesn't, it's shit. Fuck that. Have fun. Yeah. I was laughing because I'm like, I, he's got a gun. <laughs> like, that was my immediate reaction. I was like, ah, this movie's insane. And not only that, he found a way to be even more brutal with a gun. Yeah. He fucking kills Tara. Like, I thought, you know, the movie kind of tricks you into thinking she's our, our heroine. Yeah. And then he just blasts her in the face like 10 times with that gun and destroys her face. Like, and then now we follow the sister. Like, well done. I'm I'm completely, you know, every 10 minutes this movie throws you for a goddamn loop, subverts your expectations, and now you're in this world. Like, I like that. I respect that. I think it's, so I think that was probably the piece that was very intentional in the, in the writing of it. I think some other narrative choices were just kind of like, he didn't know how to kind of build tension for scenes. Cause like when uh, Dawn is in the car and she's getting all this info secondhand from the radio and all this stuff, it was just like, she he wasn't sure how to like build tension in that moment with her waiting for Tara. What's what's Dawn gonna do and how to like reiterate that holy shit, this fucking guy that we just fucking I was just harassing at the fucking pizza shop is actually a fucking murderer. When honestly, I think the most terrifying thing would have just been to have her sitting there for a few minutes and then her doing what she did. Art opened the door to sit next to her and she's like, Oh my god, and then looks and like fuck so again this was something he tried to do with terrifier 2 was have more of a narrative um because like i said this movie there's not very much going on it kind of it kind of follows you know like the like the slasher beats you know you got some cute girls in a very uncompromising situation they're being stalked by a maniac and mayhem ensues um so but yeah, he definitely does uh, a nice little a nice little twist on you. Just when you think, you know, Tara's going to be the one that gets away. Nah, she gets shot in the face a lot. <laughs> yeah. That bit where she where Dawn's hearing the, the news in the car. I read that as kind of like an homage to like the classic campfire. You know, this just in an escaped mental patient is loose in the woods near this place where you are. Like, I, I got that kind of vibe. So I was like, all right, I, think I can get with that. But, you know, fair enough. Yeah. If he was just like trying to save time, it worked. <laughs> uh, Vicky shows up and is like, where the hell is my sister? And she's getting pissed because she's got a test tomorrow. And <laughs> I can relate. I, too, have a test tomorrow. Um, and uh, she finds mayhem and her sister's destroyed body. And it's like, oh, shit, what now? And. I love when she gets saved by Mike, who you think is dead after Art just smacked him in the fucking head. And he's like, we got to get out of here. And I, I, I like that bit where he just shows up and is like, let's let's do this together. And then Art shows up again and literally stomps his fucking head in, which also happened in David Gordon Green's Halloween. <laughs> mm. Now that you pointed that out, I'm seeing a lot. Mm. Me thinks David Gordon Green and Danny McBride have a lot of thinking to do to Damon and Leone. Mm. Yeah, you know, you might be right. Uh, I also kept thinking about 
this uh, this George Carlin bit about the difference between maniacs and crazy people. It was, uh, forgive me if I fucked this up, it's been a while, but he said something about um, a maniac will beat nine people to death with a steel dildo. A crazy person will beat nine people to death with a steel dildo, but he'll be wearing a Bugs Bunny suit at the time. And I just Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I just kept thinking about that whenever Art started fucking people up. I'm like, yeah, Carlin would love this. Uh, oh, totally. <laughs> and the fact that he's using like rusty, rusty tools, you know, it's like, you know, give your immune system a chance. You survive this, you're going to be fucking made of steel and iron and nothing's going to hurt you ever again because you fucking got tetanus and you beat it. And now you've got tetanus antibodies inside you. You'll never get fucked again. If you survive this being the caveat. Yeah, here. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Art don't like to leave. uh leave anybody behind for the most part oh no he's he's thorough he's very thorough that other exterminator dude who showed up i completely forgot what happened to him i don't remember i mean probably doesn't matter art definitely killed him because he was driving his truck so yeah there you go i'll take it um so vicky and art have this kind of final face off and uh vicky loses Art stops for a little snack. The cops show up and Art just kills himself because he's done. And then wakes up at the at the morgue and fucks up the corner. It's like and at that point you're like, oh, so he's a demon clown. And that just kind of carries over into Terrifier 2 somewhat. Yeah, there's just like there's just something so unpredictable about him in that he he takes that fucking weird fucking had a nine tails contraption that he made and he just starts wailing on Vicky and it's just beating the shit out of her with it. And then, yeah, like the cops are there to save the day and he just kind of looks at him and they're like, no, don't do it. Boom. Just blows his brains out. And you're like, what the fuck? Hold on. Hold up. Hold up. And then we get that little epilogue at the uh, coroner's office where the coroner's trying to get food. And they're like, why? How can you eat food? I'm like, you clearly don't know coroners, do you? And his response got to eat. Once you've seen a baby in a microwave, everything else is old hats. Like, fuck, you could have just you could have just lied to the guy. Holy hell. He's like, all right, I'll get you a sandwich. He's like, my man. (laughs) Fuck. It's good shit. Yeah, then he opens the bag to to Art. Art gets up and is like, "Ah!" And then we find out Vicky is the is the lady at the beginning who eats Monica's face. I guess it's a cycle of face eating. Yeah, I I really I really liked when uh, the corner unzipped the bag and Art just had this fucking <laughs> yeah. So he, he only got one good eye, but still got a smile on his face. Yeah, but he solved that problem. <laughs> watch Terrifier 2. If you have a Scream Box, that's how I watched it. Uh, you can get a free trial on Amazon, watch it, and immediately cancel that shit because that's what I did. Or you can uh, just download the app too, and I think they'll give you like a 30-day trial, I think. There you go. I would have seen it at the movies, but it's playing at one theater near me, and it was at 6.15, so that wasn't going to work. 
Yeah, so that was I think the only downside to like the the run times that they were putting out for it was it was either at like for us here it was at like three forty in the afternoon or at nine o'clock at night. And I went and saw the three forty one when I went to see it. I wouldn't have been opposed to going at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. You're just you're just in it. You just gotta go there and just get in it. And I'm telling you, seeing it in theater was amazing. It was so great. I was the weirdo that's like laughing at all this crazy shit going on, of course. And th- there are other people that were just laughing and going, oh, my God, like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I, I was enjoying every second of that. I wish I could have seen this on, in the theater. That would have been something that would have been really enjoyable. Um, movies like this, especially movies that are very, um, very much a throwback to like, this would have absolutely been something you saw on the shelf at the fucking video store. And you're like, what the, this clown looks scary as shit. Yeah. Yeah, Fuck it. I'll fucking see what the hell's going on with this because they're not going to, they're not going to give away the, you know, the, uh, the highlights, if you will, of what's going to happen. You know, they're not going to show you on the back of the box that some girl gets split in half, you know, they're, this would this would have absolutely been something I could have, you know, seen on the shelves back in those good old days of the video stores for sure. And it has that feel too, like the way he chose to shoot it, um, really like really dark, really gritty, um, really gave that a uh, an homage, if you will, to uh, you know a lot of low budget stuff. And I mean, not for nothing, it does have a low budget, but it it doesn't always feel that way. And I think the the spirit that he was going for was, at least for me, very well received. And, you know, this is probably won't be for everybody because I'm sure there are going to be some people that would just check out on it and not and not enjoy it. For me, I will absolutely put this on anytime. And it's definitely in the rotation for for Halloween, for sure. Um, but anybody that knows me, it's always Halloween. So, um, yeah, I got to, uh, I got to type up my review, but, um, you'll, you'll definitely like my closing with it. So I hope you enjoy that. Oh, I always enjoy your reviews. Uh, yeah. The reason I couldn't go see this, I had two open days and one of them was Halloween and the other one was today where we were recording so it just wasn't going to happen but thankfully through my through the screen box thing i was able to watch it and i'm glad i was able to do that it is a long ass movie too so it's nearly two and a half hours long yeah and that's for me that was like my only gripe about it i was like probably didn't need all of that however it was at least i mean how many times can you say you sat in a nice theater watching an uncut unrated horror movie that really goes as far as that movie does you you don't usually get the opportunity to say that um i think there could exist a version of this that's probably like 30 45 minutes shorter um and was still able to do the things that leone was trying to address from terrifier which is just giving you a little more character development and having some some more plot just a little more meat on the bones if you will so i think I think that's definitely something that he addressed and 
for whatever reason, you know, for me, I didn't really feel the two, the, the, the runtime for it just because it was kind of, it was going for me yeah. at least. So I'm with you. I, I couldn't like thinking back, I can't really think of any, anything that like I would cut. I mean, I guess like I would trim the clown cafe thing a bit, but other than that, like I thought all the moving parts were there and it was, you know, Leone getting his vision. So I'm happy for that. And I, I did like it. I plan on giving both of them an eight. Uh, oh yeah. And thankfully this is, this is definitely going to get another one going. He even talked about in his, uh, in his interview uh, on the movie crypt, he said that he had almost toyed with taking terrifier two and putting, chopping it into two movies. So <laughs> that was actually an idea he had. Um, I'm, I'm glad he didn't. And if he takes what he gets from this and he's able to make, you know, another two movies out of this, because we all know he can work with a budget. So why not? And actually, ironically enough, um, Adam green was telling him, you know, you're going to have to get a couple more of these movies made because I want to see Victor Crowley versus art, the clown. That's what I want to see. And I'm like, why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Oh my god, that would be sweet, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, you give See those two on a rampage. Jeez, you you give Leone, you know, a million dollars, he he gives you four movies. So that's yeah, I think the potential is pretty limitless here with a guy who can work very small and give you a product that that works. So I'm I'm excited to see where this goes next. This as we oh, yeah. saw with Terrifier two. People want this. I mean, this made legit money. So. It fucking made gangbusters. And I think with someone with the same kind of sensibilities as Adam Green, there is almost certainly a way that they could they could make that work. And I'm all about it. All about it. Let's go. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, here are some film guys and facts for Terrifier. Number one. The original Art the Clown in All Hallows' Eve, uh, Michael Ginelli, decided not to reprise his role due to how long it would take to apply the heavy prosthetics and makeup. That's that's what I got from, from IMDb. I don't know how accurate that is, but if so, that's kind of shitty. So that is part of it, but he also felt the pressure of it being an actual feature film versus a short, and he didn't think that he was he was the right guy for that. You know, he was he was happy to help out Damien when Damien kind of just like convinced him because it even took some convincing for him to do it, you know, um, in between delivering flowers and doing a bunch of other odd jobs to pay the bills. Damien Leone would like, you know, get a little bus on and send a text message to Mike. He's like, bro, I need you to help me out with this. I really feel like we got something here. Like, I I, I know we can do something with this. You, you just got to trust me and. I think they got the the short out of it from that from little friendly uh friendly persuasion and when it came time for the feature to get done then I think a combination of the prosthetics as well but I think what he had said was you know he just wasn't sure if he was really going to be able to do a good enough job and he did feel the pressure of that and Damien was like okay that's fine you know I really appreciate everything you've done for me and everything I've heard about him and like the way he talks about how he does his, his sets and runs his movies and everything, he is absolutely, you know, he's all in with it. 
and he leads by example and he shows people that, you know, he's going to give you everything to make this. And that's all he's asking for, for them. And he found, uh, he found his art. He ended up finding his art. And I'm kind of glad that things worked out the way they did. And we have David Howard Thornton now as art, the clown, you probably can't see him being played by anybody else now. And I think that's only going to serve in future movies and to kind of have that connection, because as we've seen with a lot of, you know, low budget horror directors, indie filmmakers, people that work on budgets, they always have this collective that they work with and it, and it only serves to make things better. So I'm all for it. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm all for it too. I'm, I wish IMDb trivia had given me the the whole story because I that makes sense to me that you know he'd be a little floored by it and not sure if he could measure up. I can I can respect that, but just being like I don't want to put on the makeup, <laughs> like that's that that doesn't paint him in the best light. So definitely they need to they need to edit that shit. Um, number two, David Howard Thornton, while on a break during filming, spotted two women arguing in the street. He decided to wave at them in full makeup and costume as Art the Clown to freak them out. Apparently he does that a lot when he's in costume and on a break and he sees people just walking by, he'll snap into character and fuck with people. <laughs> Dude. If I ever found myself in a situation where that was happening, I would absolutely just be like, yeah. give him How a little not? smile myself. You How know, why you not? not? <laughs> you know, maybe even blow him a kiss and watch him get disgusted at it. Like. God damn. Uh, number three, David Howard Thornton ad-libbed a moment of Art the Clown flipping off Victoria after she stabs his foot with the railroad spike. This made the crew laugh so much that director David Leone decided to keep it in. This was in the raw footage and was not technically part of the film. This led to actress Samantha Scafidi having to be digitally removed from the shot. So they wanted that shot so much they digitally took her out so they could have Art just flipping her off. I love that. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's great. That's such a, it's a good character moment. Uh, the film's sequel, Terrifier 2, was the result of another Indiegogo campaign that raised over $250,000 for the film's budget, a 430% increase of what he wanted. He only, he was trying to get 50 grand. He got 250 grand because people were like, we want Terrifier 2. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And it made what, like eight, 80 times it's fucking budget back like something stupid like as of as of today i think it was creeping up on eight million dollars yep eight million in a limited box office engagement fan and critics uh, response has been glowing it's sitting at an 88 percent certified fresh on rotten tomatoes which is amazing uh there's reports that the film is so fucked up that it's making people physically sick which i gotta be like come on slow down like i watched the movie it's you know, it's rough at times. There's some brutal torture, but nothing that was like making me nauseous. Hey, I mean, man, it, everybody's experience is different. And I, I'm i a firm believer in there is no such thing as bad press. And if you're getting that and that's something that happens, that reminds me of when friends would, you know, describe a movie to me. I think the first time I heard about Cannibal Holocaust, they were like, dude, you've never seen Cannibal Holocaust? No, what the fuck? It's what a bunch of cannibals. It's like, oh, dude, it's so much worse. So much worse. They fucking, they fucking, 
the director got arrested and charged with murder. And you're like, what? Why? Oh, dude, you just got to watch it, man. They kill a turtle. I'm like, the fuck? A real turtle? Yeah. All right, I'm in. Okay, fuck it. Let's go. Now, I would never personally unwittingly show that to somebody without prefacing those kinds of things because I don't want to subject somebody to something that they would have any kind of like personal objection to. Um, When they screened that on the last drive-in, they actually told people, look, we are showing the uncensored version, even though we know that some people might be upset about it. However, we feel like this is the best representation of the film. If you do not want to watch it, we are going to give you cues as to when the bad stuff happens. So you can just check out, fast forward, whatever you want to do, um, go get something to drink, whatever, and then come back. Um, and on the actual, uh, let me look over the Blu-ray of it that I have, it actually has the uh, the cruelty-free cut where it takes out all of the uh, the animal murder that actually took place in that movie. And instead keeps all the wonderful human murder that's in it because we can get behind that. Well, it's not actual murder like with with Cannibal Holocaust. Well, that we I'm pretty sure it's not. (laughs) That's what the fucking Italian fucking government thought. And they fucking tried to put Deodato on trial for murder. And he had to, like, get the actual actors back and tell them, no, we're not dead. Obviously. We just had to sign an NDA and like not show our face for a year or whatever out in public at festivals and stuff because they really wanted to sell that this was a real thing. And that's why Cannibal Holocaust is like one of the granddaddies of the found footage film. And anybody that says anything different is full of shit. So I do think. The director probably could have thought that through a little bit more, you know. Maybe oh yeah, sure. Of course. murder, and then act like it's real murder, and then you get arrested for murder. It's like, well, fuck yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Terrifier two though, I, I do feel like it would be funny to like just get like a te- a group of t- people together and be like, all right, we're going to screen this new movie we got. We're very proud of it, and uh, tell them absolutely absolutely no details, and then make them watch Terrifier two, and then you'll probably get some vomiting. Oh, totally, totally. And it that actually, so like when uh, when they released Lucio Fulci's zombie uh, in the States, they had actually given people barf bags before they before they sat down for the movie. And I'm not joking. If I could have one of those barf bags, not a used one, you sickos, um, just have one of those barf bags. I'd be that that would make like my little fucking horror collector heart fucking skip two beats. Does it, does it say amazing. does it say like zombie on it like mm-hmm. is, uh, can you get that like can you find that on like eBay? i think i think somebody could probably have like reprinted them or whatever but the original ones are what over 40 years old so they'd be in sh- terrible shape now but just to have something like that would be amazing and i think if i'm not mistaken somebody had like made some terrifier uh barf bags i'd have to look i'd have to look again but <laughs> yeah again that is like William Castle like genius fucking marketing moves you know it's like you create the hype and then fucking people are going to buy into it not everybody but the ones that do those are the ones you really want to fucking hone in on it happened here like I this was not 
the episode I had scheduled for this week. And then Terrifier 2 came out and I was hearing like, it's insanely depraved. People are vomiting. It's making people sick. And I talked to Caleb and I'm like, should we, should we, should we visit this? <laughs> and I put it on the show. So it worked. It happened to me. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it is, you know, that no one's going to ignore that. You hear a movie is making people vomit in the aisles and you're like, well, I kind of want to see what that is. Oh, yeah, Am don't I going to get sick? Maybe. You had me at vomit. Let's go see it. Dude, the hype for Terrifier 3 is going to be like, it's going to make you murder somebody. Like, it's going to, you're going <laughs> to stab the guy next to you 10 minutes into the movie. You're going to go so crazy. You're going to spray shit all over the bathroom and sign your name. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to just up this shit. And that's the only way they can do it. Shit and murder. It's all they got left. God damn it. Uh, I give Terrifier an eight. It's a freaky, quirky little indie horror flick. It's very smart with its budget. Gave horror a new terrifying boogeyman with Art the Clown. And uh, I can't wait to see what Leone does next with it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a niner for me. Uh mostly because it's it just came out of nowhere. And I like that it came to me. It's just one of those things where it's like you just gotta do dude, dude, you just gotta see it. Just 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 watch it. And it's, and it's only proven to be even more of the case with the movie. I mean, it was only, only supposed to come out the first weekend of October. And I was pissed because I wasn't home yet. And I was so upset with Caleb. I was like, Oh, you're so lucky. You go to terrifier too. Fuck you. You son of a bitch. I hate you. And then he was like, Oh wait, it's actually coming back. This I was like, fuck yes. Fuck yes. So I went and saw it. Like literally the day after, was it day? Or no, I'm trying to remember exactly when I went and saw it. it. It had to have been like the first weekend I came back. Yes, it was because I did a double feature that day. I saw Terrifier 2 and then I saw Halloween Ends all in the same day. And whew, I was, I was, if I could have seen them in the other order, it would have been so much better. I, I'm seeing Halloween Ends again tomorrow. Because I want to, I need to see if I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, now, like now that I know what it is, I'm, I'm taking a, a friend. So I'm like, we're gonna check this out. We're gonna see it. And if it's shit this time, then I'll know I had blinders on the first time. So, yeah, we're gonna see. <laughs> it was funny. So when we went to go see that, I was sitting there just waiting for it to start. And then when it showed the font from Halloween three in the credits, I was like, these motherfuckers. I was like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And it was just so weird. Cause I like just seeing that font, it immediately put me in this mindset where I'm like, I'm not going to get the movie. I think I'm going to get, am I, this is not going to go the way I planned it. Fuck. I would. And, I would just one time love to have a non-divisive Halloween three. <laughs> just one time. <laughs> yeah, they are zero for two right now. It's not happening. It's not happening. If they would have only given Rob Zombie the chance to make his Halloween three, what could we have gotten? I don't know. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? There's been like a like a little bit of a revision about his about his Halloween movies now. Yeah, ends hurt so many people that people are like, you know what? Zombie wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Like, I mean, look, 
I have no gripes about what he did. He, 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 I think he was probably restrained a little bit more to what he could do with the first one. And then with the second one, they were just like, yeah, just go nuts. You made a shitload of money for us. Yeah, go ahead. What could you possibly do that would fuck this up? And for me, I actually kind of dig them there because they're, because it's just like, it's, it's so, it's so Rob's on, like, you know, you're watching his movie. You know you're watching his movie. These ones have kind of worked this weird line with what they're trying to do and the broken promises for me that they made with, oh, we're not going to follow any of the sequels because we don't like them. They're all shit and we're just going to follow. And then they do everything but that. They literally will pull plot points and moments from the other movies and insert them and then just look at you and go, yeah, so? You know, claiming to, that they're going to be original and do and do that, but they don't. And, and that was one of the biggest upsets I had about that. It was just like, don't tell me you're going to not do something and then you go and do it. Just, just don't do that. Just don't do that. I'm going to talk to Caleb about bringing kills or ends over to beyond the bad, just so we can kind of unpack some of this shit because it's festering and it keeps coming out in various episodes. Cause we all want to just talk about it. <laughs> so I, we might have to just do that. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, this was fun. Thanks for listening. Everybody. Uh, if you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at filmgasm productions. If you want to suggest films for us to watch, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or send us a message on our social media. Check out the website, filmgasm.com, where we have reviews, articles, trailers of upcoming films, and every episode of our shows. Uh, if you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred provider. We appreciate it. Next week, another random pick from our giant potentials list, the 2021 Shutter original Superhost which follows a group of travel vloggers with a dwindling subscriber count, I can relate, who get more than they bargain for when they meet Rebecca, the host of their most recent trip. I don't know more than that, as I haven't seen the film yet, but I've heard great things, and I'm looking forward to watching it. It's streaming on Shudder if you'd like to watch it for yourself. Have you seen Superhost? I did. Is it good? It is very interesting with like the conceit of it and how they were able to play with it. And kind of have you in this position where you're like, I don't really like these fuckers, but I really don't like this bitch. Cause she's scary. Um, and you get a little cameo with uh, Barbara Crampton. So I, I will never not watch a movie that she's in no matter how brief or how long she is in it. Um, have you seen Jacob's wife, by the way? Not yet. I have not do it. It's so fucking good. So fucking good. I recently watched uh, speak no evil this uh, Danish horror film that I, uh, yeah, I haven't watched that yet. That is so good. It's such a great slow burn. It's just got this vibe of like, I'm uncomfortable and I don't know why the whole time. And then the last 20 minutes are fucking visceral. It's a great movie. Hell yeah. Yeah. I recommend that big time, but you know, I love doing these random picks cause it's always something I've either never heard of or always wanted to see. And I get to just kind of, you know, throw out my, my, preliminary thoughts here so super host next week i'm excited uh don't miss the james bond film octopussy on fridays beyond the bad or the 1982 comedy tootsie on oscar sunday until then stay away from clowns and run down apartment buildings and keep watching movies